Hey, 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 what's up, QR family? What is going on? Listen, I am not your normal host. You can see that um, Pastor James Doggett Jr. had something that could not, that he could not miss, so he asked me to take his place. It's your boy. My name is Damon Hendrickson. I'm so glad to be here with you tonight. We are going to have a good night in the Lord. God has something amazing planned for each and every one of us. So listen, what I need you to do right now, what I need you to do right now is press that share button. Come on, I need you to press it. I need you to press that share button. Share this link with somebody because there's someone out there who needs this word tonight. Please share it. Do it right now. Don't hesitate. Do not delay. Share it. Somebody needs it right now. They need to hear it, and they'll only hear it through your ability to share it. So do that for me right now, if you would. Just share it right now. Go there. Do press the button right now. Let me know where you're from. Let me know where y'all are from, man. Please holler at your boy. Let me know where you're from. I see you, Florida, in the building. Hey, hey. Of course, I'm expecting my people here to represent here being Bermuda. That's right, your boy's from Bermuda. And so I am praying and I am hoping with expectation that we have some representation from Bermuda here tonight. But shout out to all y'all. Again, my name is Pastor D. I'm gonna be your host for tonight and for tomorrow. Uh, again, Pastor Doggett has some things that he gotta take care of. JD got some things he gotta take care of. Um, and so we're going to let him do what he got to do. And we want to praise God for him and for the vision that God has continued to place in his life and on his spirit for this QR2 revival, man. So come on, keep letting us know. I see you, Georgia, in the building. Holla. Florida again in the building. Holla. We are uh, Bahamas. Come on now. I'm so glad that we got Bahamas in the building. And of course, y'all know I'm going to show love to my people, man. Holla at your boy um, all the way from Bermuda. Oh, I see someone from Waldorf, Maryland. That's what's up, man. And Louisville, Kentucky. You here. You are here. And on behalf of JD and all the rest of the QR team that makes this thing go, I want to say to each and every one of you, thank you for being a part of the QR2 revival, tuning in every night. I saw Netherlands in the house, man. Can y'all just put some lights up there for Netherlands and Barbados? Canada, hey, you all are here. But guess what, y'all? Guess what? Guess what? Uh, just like always, Pastor JD is not alone, but your boy, Pastor D, is not alone either. There is another anointed brother in the room with me, and so I'm going to invite him to join me right now. I'm going to ask the, the doctor, if you would, Dr. Rupert Bushner. He's in the building. Can I get him here with me? Hey, hey. Doc, there you are. What's up, Pastor D? Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm excited, man. I'm glad to be here with you. When he told me Pastor D was going to be in the house, I said, show enough. I've got to be there. I'm glad, man. God bless you, man. I'm here in the flesh, being blessed. The anointing is on all the preachers. The Holy Ghost is here, man. And as yes, you sir. mentioned, that share button. Don't keep it to yourself. Somebody else need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's the power of God. So I'm excited, man. These brothers, sisters been preaching. I, I mm -hmm. mean, y'all can hold my mules so I can shout. So I'm just glad. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Dr. Bushner, I'm so glad that you're here um, with me. When J.D. asked me to cover for him tonight, I said, well, who's going to be there with me? And he said, uh, Dr. Bushner. He said, Uncle Root. I said, man, then I know 
I know that for all of my frailties and all my shortcomings, I have a man right here with me that will be able to cover me. So I'm so glad, Doc, that you're here with us uh, because in, in, in many ways, man, you, you are the forerunner for many of us, man. Uh, you, you were one of the, growing up, you were one of the most cool, hip preachers that were out there before there was a cool, hip preacher being out there. You, you started that thing, man. You started it. So we just want to give you props for that. And I passed the baton on, and y'all doing an awesome job, man. Praise God. For the Praise slavery. God. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Um, but I, I just want to let everybody know, man, I want to say thank you to everybody who has supported the QR Revival, um, not just in tuning in nightly, but you have also supported financially. There have been clarion calls that have went out every night for you to support, and people have supported tremendously. I want to let you know that thus far in the QR2 revival, that we've been able to bless a single mother with $754. Today, we were able to bless another woman of God with $230. Your contributions, every cent of it, goes to helping individuals out. And so let me just say this right now, uh, before we invite someone else to join us in the virtual room, let me say this right now, that if you would like to be part of our giving, if you want to be part of the team that goes, that is part of the team that reaches out beyond just these virtual walls and beyond even your living room or wherever it is you're watching this, then you can help us out by giving. That's right, giving. And so there are two ways that you can give, and you can go to our website, our website, www.thequrevival.com. There it is right on the screen. We thank our tech support for helping your boy out, www.thequrevival.com. And then you can also help by giving through our cash app. That is the money sign, the Q Revival. That's the cash app. But then you're saying, well, Hendrickson, I can't do Cash App, but I can do PayPal. Well, we got you covered because here is our PayPal account as well. So you can give in a variety of ways. And we just want you to help us, man, because our goal and our desire here at the QR Revival is not only to be a blessing to each and everybody spiritually, but if we can also be a blessing to someone financially and you want to be part of that, man, we would appreciate it. So please do that. Doc Bushner, man, would you like to say something about that giving and how important it is as a part of the message of the gospel? Man, it is so powerful to give. You know what? In fact, Ellen White says everything in nature lives to take in order to give to someone else living in the flow. And so when God blesses you, when you share with somebody else, you just make room for more blessings to flow into your life. And so the capacity to which you can receive depends on how much you give. And so mm -hmm. give blessing, the law of reciprocity, press down, running over. Mm -hmm. God will bless you. And so your seed will bless a life. It will bless somebody. So give, give, and let God bless you. And you're not giving, looking for something. You're giving because God has been so good to you. Again, it's there, theqrevival.com. You want to make sure the QR, the revival. I mean, look at it. There's ways you can give. You have no excuse. It can be $5, $25, $100. Whatever the Lord puts on mm -hmm. you, please just give and watch how God blesses you. I mean, watch how doors open. Yeah. So you will never imagine that seed, how much it will bless somebody else and what it will do somebody's psyche to yeah. know. Care. So God bless you as you give. We're excited about your giving because lives are being blessed. And as we mentioned before, none of that money stays in a pot or a bank when it comes right. immediately. When people have a request, it goes out. So praise right. be. It is making a difference. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc, before we move on, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind just saying a prayer over these monies and the people that they will eventually go help, man. As people are uh, thinking in their heart how much to give, when to give, if you would pray over that thing right now, we'd appreciate it. I'll be honored. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and coming King, God, we know right now there are individuals because of the COVID-19, coronavirus, and other issues that are pressing on individuals who now have needs. So we ask God that we would step in to be the answer to the prayer that someone was praying for financial help. Lord, may that person right now receive the blessing that they stand in need of. We pray not only will you bless those who will receive it, but God, we ask a special blessing upon those who give sacrificially, mm -hmm. those who are reaching, digging deep down to give so they can bless somebody else. May you bless them. May their cupboards run over. May you just press, may you bless them, Lord, in a way mm -hmm. that they can just say praise be to God. We thank you, Father, tonight for the gift of giving. Yes. We thank you for allowing us to be co-workers, partners with you in ministry. Mm -hmm. To bless those who are in need. Thank you, Father, tonight. We love you. We honor you. We bless you. And we just ask that you would touch the funds. Mm -hmm. Multiply it like you did that little boy's lunch. Mm -hmm. So that bless multitudes. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Dr. Bushner. But we are not alone. I know it's, I'm here. I know you're here. But there is another man who is here as well. And we want to invite the sensei yes. to join us, yeah, yeah, to join us at this time. And and listen, Doc, Doc Doggett, I know you said you don't want us to call you that anymore because you feel like we're making fun of you. But I want you to know, I can't speak for anybody else, but I say it with the utmost respect in my spirit as I say it. I respect who you are, even though I was not under your tutelage, I respect what you have done for so many and how you have poured into so many. And I know I have my own personal story about how you poured into my life and having never been at Oakwood University, never taken a class from you, for you to pour into my life the way you did, tells me, man, that you are worthy of that title, Sensei. So thank you very much, Doc Doggett. Tell us something, man. Well, I receive it and thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. I was concerned on tonight because uh, the founder, the uh, director of this quarantine revival platform wasn't going to be here. When I saw you on the screen, Pastor Hendrickson, I knew everything would be all right. And then when I see my partner in crime right there, the co-pastor over at Patmos Chapel, everything's in good hands. No problems tonight. I don't want anybody to worry, though, about uh, Pastor J.D. Pastor yeah. J.D. is okay. He's healthy, no emergencies, but he's spending his time well this evening and was engaged in ministry all day, actually doing the commencement for uh, Pine Forge, and he had to do some recording, et cetera. So he's, he's still engaged in the work of God and doing important things tonight, but he's just fine. You yeah. know, guys, I, I want to I say that we've had a great quarantine revival too thus far, but I am excited about what's going to happen. Yes, on this coming Sunday night, for instance, Damon, you know the preacher who's going to be preaching, right? Well, yeah, I, I know, I know him just a little bit. Yeah, you know him, Pastor Manders. They they say he's uh, from Rasta to Pasta. Yeah, yeah, tonight, yeah, 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 yeah. A gospel gangster now, and then then uh, on tonight we have somebody coming who's also a gospel gangster. Used to run the streets, but now he's he's running the gospel road, preaching up a storm. And I can't wait until the. I call him the prophecy pundit, 
preachers mm-hmm. on tonight. And I know Dr. Busher, you're going to introduce him a little bit later, but I'm on the edge of my seat and I want to tell everybody, get, get out a pad, some paper, get a pen and get ready to go deep into God's word. There are right. people who aren't sure we should be dealing with prophecy. Are you kidding? There you go. Are you <laughs> kidding me? There are people who are asking, should we care about the time of trouble? Uh, should we should we care about Sabbath versus some other day? Should we care? Yes, you should care. Bottom line, get as deep as you can right now. Eat as much gospel food as you can because it's going to put you in good stead for what lies right in the immediate future and what's unrolling in front of our eyes now. I want to ask everybody, too, to pray for all of our churches uh, during this time of unrest. We understand the unrest in our nation right now. Mm-hmm. David, tonight, uh, there's actually going to be a march in our, our little town outside of uh, Orlando. It's supposed to pass right by the area where our church is. And we're praying that all of our churches are protected from foolishness and that those who are protesting are also protected from foolishness. Doc Bushner, you and I talked today with the mayor yes, of this sir. city. He has some concerns about some things that are on the horizon. And uh, we, we know that God is in control of all of this. And we don't want the message to be hijacked by foolish people who are about something other than equality and justice for all people. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat tonight. I want you guys to do what you do because you are two anointed men of God who make it happen. And then we're going to hear a sermon tonight. I guarantee it. In the words of Charles Barkley, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And all of our all of our digital disciples and yeah. web worshipers and God chasers, stay mm-hmm. tuned in tonight. Don't yeah. you leave. Yeah. Get it to the very end. You don't want to leave in the middle of a good meal tonight. Yeah, you're gonna really get one. Yeah, yeah, not, not at all. And and, and again, I, I just want to co-sign with what you're saying. Again, Doc Bush, and I know you're gonna introduce him here in a minute, but man, he came to a church I pastored four years ago. And uh, Pastor Myers, that is, he came and did a week for us. And I'm just telling you, man, it was mind blowing. Um, the things that he was revealing and the connections that he was making. Um, you could tell that this brother was in the word and that he was studying the Bible and, and, and really, man, just bringing the prophetic message of our church to such great relevancy and light. And so I'm with y'all, man. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this. And I, I, I know that there are folks, even in Bermuda, all over Bermuda, that may not have tuned in at all, but when they saw him on the flyer, this is a getting ready. Really looking out for. Well, I don't know if everybody knows it, and he doesn't, he doesn't really push this forward because he's not excited so much about his life before, but he's excited about who he is now in Jesus. I don't know, Doc Bush, if you're going to tell the people, for instance, that he used to be with the Boogie Monsters. Mm-hmm. He was a hip hop artist who actually signed a deal with EMI for quite a bit of money. I hear about seven digits. Mm. And so he turned his back on a world where he could have had fame mm-hmm. so that he could be a, a soldier and a messenger for God. Mm. And he made a better choice. And I'm going to honor him tonight by listening as God speaks through him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that, um, Doc Bushner, if you wouldn't mind um, taking the virtual floor and introducing our speaker uh, for the night. I'll be honored to do so. In fact, I just want to show a picture of his lovely family, if you don't mind. He has a beautiful family. I want you to see it. If you can see it, that's him there with his lovely wife and his four children. He has three daughters and one son. I just had to show this picture 
because this picture is a picture of a family that is blessed of God. And I just had to show this picture. And man, I'm excited tonight because when I was a chaplain at Oakwood, he came through, did a week of prayer there, and he spoke out in front of um, Green Hall. And I mean, just blessings. And I thank God tonight that we are honored to have this man of God. As you mentioned earlier, he is in the word of God. He studies the word of God. He bathed in the word of God. And tonight we are so blessed on this platform to be able to hear him. Pastor Ivor Myers um, began his ministry at the um, Campbell Church in November of 2014 after previously serving at the Templeton Hills Seventh-day Adventist Church for nine years as senior pastor. Um, pastor Myers is passionate about evangelism and equipping church members with the skills to lead others to accept Jesus Christ as their savior and to experience firsthand his righteousness. He is enthusiastic about ministering to the Campbell community in California. He's the author of several books, including The Innovative Operation Blueprint, Earth Final Movie. Pastor Myers is also the founder, president of Power of the Lamb Ministries. That just sounds powerful. Power of the Lamb Ministries and Armed Bible Camp. He's Operation Global Reign now called 10 Days of Prayer. I mean, you can see he has, a, he has been adopted by the General Conference of SDAs on this particular 10 Days of Prayer. His wife is Antone, co-host the Battles of Faith program on 3ABN. Um, beautiful wife, beautiful family. Prior to dedicating his life to serving the Lord, Myers is a native of Jamaica. He was a rising star in the hip hop industry in the 1990s living the dream of a lifetime. As Dr. Doggett alluded to, he had fame and fortune in his sight. However, the God of the universe had another program in mind for him. Praise be to God. And like Saul, who became Paul, now he is a gospel globe trotter. His four-man four group, which included his younger brother, Sean, was signed to a million-dollar eight-album contract until a chance encounter with a friend who was a SDA altered the course of his life. You're talking about, I'm not talking about hundreds and thousands, I'm talking about millions of dollars, eight album contract until the God of the universe intercepted him and changed the trajectory of his life. Praise be to God. So you're here tonight, not by accident. God has orchestrated this rendezvous so that you can be blessed of a man who's called by God. That's what I'm excited about. And, and so he left the music industry behind and entered full-time ministry. Pastor Myers and his wife have four children. Um, Antone, I hope I'm saying that right, Antone. Antone, they have four children, a son, Joshua, three daughters, Jaden, Janissa, and Jalea. Um, and you can also visit Pastor Myers' Facebook page. He has a book out, which is powerful. The title itself, The Atheism Prophecy, How Christianity Fueled atheism and you can find it on amazon again the atheism prophecy how christianity fueled atheism i had a chance to even um do an on um teach a course and he took that course he didn't really need it but it's biblical preaching he was preaching before he needed this course but i'm honored tonight to be able to present to you and introduce to others this awesome holy ghost anointed man of god who loves the lord 
He's baptized in the word and bathed in the spirit of prophecy. And as he opens his mouth, you're going to hear heaven come down. And as you open your mind, God is going to speak to you tonight. So I'm excited. I've got my pen, my pad, and my paper. And I'm ready to take notes because I know God is going to say something to my heart. I'm going to be like John the Baptist. I'm going to decrease so it increases. Amen and amen. Amen. We want to thank you very much, uh, Dr. Bushner, for that introduction. Uh, the song of meditation tonight will be sung by the Aeolians. After that, the next voice you will hear is that of our preacher, Pastor Ivor Myers.
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, it is good to be present with you all today. Um, I want to thank you all for uh, the uh, invitation to come and be a part of the quarantine revival. Um, uh, I think what you guys are doing is totally timely. Uh, we are, we're living in some crazy times. And uh, I think now more than ever, God's people need uh, to get into the word of God. Uh, God's people need uh, to be prepared for the things that are coming in. There is no better way to do that than to eat at the table of God. Amen. Amen. I want to just um, uh, say, Pastor Hendricks, I remember our visit there uh, in Bermuda, and that was a blessed time. Uh, uh, it was uh, just tremendous, uh, a tremendous experience. Um, and when you brought that up, it, memories just uh, flooded my mind as you were speaking. So it's good to see you, good to connect with you again. And then to be on with two of my former teachers. Wow. <clears throat> uh, what a privilege. What a blessing, uh, Dr. Bushner. Pastor Doggett. Uh, wow. We, we go way back. Um, when I just left the music industry um, and I came to Oakwood in 97, uh, you were one of the first uh, teachers that I met and uh, had a, a profound impact on my ministry. And Dr. Doggett, I don't know if you remember this, but um, it was at your church that I met uh, Atante. So uh, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that will always be uh, a blessing for me, just uh, knowing that we have that connection and, um, Anyway, so it, it's good to be on with you guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Looking forward to tonight. So uh, if you're ready, just let me see some hearts going, some thumbs up. Um, I want to assure you that uh, we are, we're going to see some amazing things tonight. So I'm praying to God that you are ready. I'm praying to God that you are excited. And uh, we're about to get into this. We're about to get into this. So let's have a word of prayer uh, and let's jump in. Heavenly Father, we want to ask in a special way, Lord, that you would bless us, Lord, tonight. Lord, you, you know, just before coming on this program, um, I received some news and my mind is kind of running in different places right now, but I pray that you would help me to focus. And I pray that the message tonight will be delivered with power. So Lord, please speak to us as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, I'm going to uh, invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Revelation chapter 10. And I have several lessons that I want to share with you tonight. I don't know how many lessons we're going to get through, but there are several lessons that I need you to understand tonight. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture. So I am probably going to be quoting these scriptures without giving much time to turn to them. Tonight, I want to let you know that I'm going to be giving you a big picture of Bible prophecy. 
Um, but to do that, we're going to use several different stories in the Bible. Uh, we're going to be looking at several different uh, 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 um, books of the Bible. And uh, we're, we're taking a bird's eye view. But within this bird's eye view, you're going to be we're going to be looking at several lessons and I will list these lessons as we go through. Again, I don't know how many of these lessons we're going to get through, but we'll just see how the Lord leads. So Revelation chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and I will read that. Revelation chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, the Bible says, And I went unto the angel, and he said unto, and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Just a little context here. This is John the Revelator. He is in vision, and he has just been told uh, to take this book, this little book, and to eat it up. The Bible tells us that uh, uh, the angel tells him when he eats this book, it will be sweet in his mouth, but bitter in his belly. Now, I want to ask you something. If... If someone told you uh, that something you ate was going to become bitter in your belly, how many of you would eat that thing? Okay, I know that I would have a, a problem eating that. And I think you would have a problem eating that too. Nobody wants to go through a tough experience, a bitter experience. But the angel says, take this book and eat it up. It will be sweet in your mouth, even though it will be bitter in your belly. What was this little book? Well, let me just suggest to you that this little book is very simply the prophetic word of God. We might just say it is the word of God. Beloved, the word of God, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I want to share this thought with you. How many of you ever been through a bitter time in your life? Bitter experience. Yeah? Let me let you know that the thing that keeps you in a bitter experience, the thing that keeps us through bitter experiences is the sweetness of the word of God. So I just want you to catch that for a moment, okay? The things that keep you in bitter times, that which enables you to go through bitter experiences is the sweetness of the word of God. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In Psalms 119 verse 103, the Bible says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Beloved, it is the sweetness of the word of God, the beauty of the word of God, the power of the word of God, that keeps us in bitter times. So, so with that said, I'd like to share the first lesson with you because we're going to be talking about the beautiful, the sweet, prophetic word of God. Lesson number one, lesson number one is this. Prophecy is all about Jesus. Prophecy is all about Jesus. Beloved, we need to learn to love prophecy. Prophecy is all about Jesus. In John chapter 5, verse 39, the Bible says, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. So the Bible clearly tells us here 
that the scriptures were designed to testify of Jesus. Okay, so we're just setting the foundation right now. Lesson number one, everyone, was what? Prophecy is all about who? It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. So let me uh, share with you. Let me give you uh, an example of this. To do this, we're actually going to go to the book of Daniel. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to juice the book of Daniel, meaning over the next few moments, we're going to go through the entire book of Daniel, the whole book. Do that. We don't have enough time. Yes, we can. We do have enough time. And I want to show you, beloved, how sweet the word of God is and how, how, how prophecy is actually pointing us to Jesus Christ. So the book of Daniel. Now, the book of Daniel is about a prophet named Daniel. You'll remember that the whole reason this book of Daniel is written is because the children of Israel have been taken captive by Babylon. Now, I want you to notice something here, very significant. Um, the children of Israel are taken captive because of their own rebellion, because of their own sin. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think Daniel was a part of that rebellion? Yes or no? Was Daniel a part of that rebellion? Now, I know I can't hear you, but I'm going to need you to talk to me, right? So was Daniel a part of that rebellion? No, 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 he was not. However, Daniel was still taken captive with his people. So I'm going to just pause right here for a second. Daniel, who was innocent of rebellion, who was innocent of, of, of all the craziness that Israel was doing, Daniel, who was a man who was above reproach, even though he was innocent, he was captive with his people. Does that remind you of anything? I'm just going to pause for a second. Does that remind you of anyone? Someone who was innocent, but was treated as a slave on our behalf. If you follow me, I just want to hear you say amen, even though I can't hear you say amen right now. Jesus was perfect. Innocent, pure, holy. But he came to this world to become one of us in our captivity. So automatically we're, we're beginning to see, hey, look at this parallel between Daniel, the prophet, and Jesus. Both of them were treated as slaves, even though there is no record of Daniel sinning. We have Daniel coming in, going into captivity with his people. All right, so we haven't touched the book of Daniel yet. We're just setting the foundation. Now, I want you to watch this. In Daniel chapter 1, by the way, in order for, the, in order for Daniel to have gotten into Babylon, he, they would have had to have crossed the river Euphrates. So I want you to think of it like this. Daniel crossing this body of water to get into Babylon. Listen carefully. It's as though he was going through a baptism to prepare him for his ministry. All right, guys, I, I need you to fall in love with prophecy. I need you to begin to see that prophecy is the center. It points us to Jesus Christ. So we, here we have Daniel, a man who was, 
who was blameless, being captive with his people, he crosses the Euphrates as sort of like a baptism where he enters into his ministry. And what do we have happening in Daniel chapter one? We're going to go through this very rapidly. In Daniel chapter one, um, we have uh, Daniel being tested over appetite. <laughs> I'm just going away, guys. <laughs> In Daniel chapter one, we have Daniel being tested over appetite. If you're following me, just just give me a oh wow, I never just just give me an amen. Let me know that you're with me. Daniel chapter one, appetite. Let me ask you a question. After Jesus uh, 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 crosses the Jordan. His, with his baptism, after he is baptized, the Bible tells us he goes into the wilderness where his first temptation is dealing with what? Yes, yes, appetite. Appetite. All right, come on, let's keep going. Daniel chapter 2. What happens in Daniel chapter 2? In Daniel chapter 2, we have an image of a man. This man represents the kingdoms of the world. And the Bible says that, that this man, this image eventually falls, it is destroyed by a stone being dashed against the foot. All right, if you're with me so far, just give me an amen. Yes, the stone is dashed against the foot of this image. Now, now you got to understand this. So, so Satan understood that the stone that would destroy the image, meaning his kingdoms, that stone was Jesus Christ. So what does he do? When Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes into his ministry, after he crosses the Jordan, after he is tempted over appetite, the very next temptation, the very next temptation, Satan tells Jesus, throw yourself down from this mountaintop. You will not surely do what? Dash your foot against a stone. Did you catch that? You will not surely dash your foot against a stone. In other words, beloved, Satan knowing that Jesus was the, was the stone that was going to come and destroy his kingdom by, this, by, by dashing by that kingdom by a stone being dashed against the foot of the kingdom, tries to destroy Jesus first, saying, throw yourself down. You will not certainly dash your foot against a stone. That's Daniel chapter 2. What about Daniel chapter 3? Come on, guys. You know what happens in Daniel chapter 3, right? In Daniel chapter 3, what happens is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are invited to bow down before an image that represents the kingdoms of the world. I hope you're following this. Because you understand that the third temptation of Jesus was what? Bow down. Satan shows them all the glory of the world and says, bow down and worship and I'll give you all these kingdoms. So watch this, guys. Daniel 1, 2, and 3, in essence, are pointing forward to the very ministry of Jesus Christ when he came to this earth. 
Are you with me so far? I hope you're catching this. So let's keep moving. Daniel chapter four. In Daniel chapter four, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And in this dream, he sees a, a huge tree. And the Bible says that the, that the tree, uh, its branches lodged out into, into the air and all the birds, it branched out into the air. All the birds of the air came and lodged in that tree. So this tree represented the kingdom of Babylon. And then the Bible says that that tree was cut down. God was trying to tell Nebuchadnezzar, listen, this tree is not the tree this kingdom is not the kingdom that's going to last forever. There's another tree. There's another kingdom that is coming that will be represented by a tree. I hope you guys are catching this. Another kingdom represented by a tree, and that kingdom is a kingdom that's going to last forever. In fact, you might remember Jesus saying something like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed, but when it grows, it grows into, the huge, into a huge tree, and all the birds of the air lodge into that. It's almost as if he was quoting from Nebuchadnezzar's tree. That's not the kingdom that's going to last forever. This is the kingdom that's going to last forever. And it's the kingdom that I will set up at the cross of Calvary. I hope you're catching this, guys. <laughs> the cross of Christ set up a new kingdom. In other words, his death on the cross, is, uh, it, it assured, it set up a new kingdom. That is the kingdom that's going to last forever. Daniel 1, the, uh, the first temptation of Christ. Daniel 2, the second temptation of Christ. Daniel 3, the third temptation of Christ. Daniel 4, Christ's death, the tree, Calvary, setting up a new kingdom. How about Daniel chapter 5? So let me tell you what Daniel chapter 5 was about. Daniel chapter 5, what you have happening here is, is uh, uh, the kingdom of Babylon is about to fall. What happens in this, in this chapter is that there's a man by the name of Cyrus who's about to overthrow the kingdom. And what Cyrus does, listen carefully, Cyrus, he is outside the city gates of Babylon. The river Euphrates is before it. The only way he can get into the, into the city is by drying up the river. And that's exactly what Cyrus does. He dries up the river Euphrates. He, he diverted the riverbed the river, and the Bible tells us that he opened the leave gate. So in other words, Cyrus, Cyrus had to descend into the riverbed after he dried up the deep, and he opened the gates to set the captives free. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if y'all are catching this. <laughs> Beloved Jesus, by the way, in that same chapter, remember the chapter that's where the handwriting on the wall, uh, uh, Nebu uh, 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 Babylon, or, or the king of Babylon sees the writing on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Eupharsin, your kingdom is numbered and finished. Your kingdom is finished. It is finished. Your kingdom is finished. <laughs> what did Jesus cry out on the cross of Calvary? As he hung there on the cross, what did he cry out? It is finished. And Jesus descended into the deep. 
opened the gates of death and hell in order to set the captives free. I hope you're catching this, guys. Yes, this is the book of Daniel. This is the prophetic book of Daniel. I need this thing to be sweet in your mouth. All right, let's go to Daniel chapter six. Very quickly, guys, we're just setting the foundation for the message tonight. So listen carefully. Daniel chapter six, what happens? Watch this. Daniel one, two, three, parallel the temptations of Christ, the beginning of his ministry. Daniel four parallels the cross, the, the kingdom that Christ would set up by his cross. Daniel five parallels Christ opening the gates of hell to set the captives free. So if we are right about this, then Daniel six should fall right in line. So you tell me, <laughs> how many of you know what happens in Daniel chapter six? Yes, yes, yes. Daniel chapter six is about Daniel in the lion's den. Oh man, I don't know if you catch this. <laughs> Daniel is placed in a lion's den, a stone, a stone, a stone. <laughs> a stone is rolled over the mouth of the tomb and a seal is put upon that stone. Are y'all catching this? Are you seeing this? What happens the next morning? Daniel comes out of the tomb are are you are you are you catching this guys prophecy is about jesus Prophecy is centered upon Jesus Christ. That's why we need to understand it. Because yes, while it's talking about, you know, beasts at the end of time and all these different issues, all these different things, the bottom line is that prophecy is designed to point us to Jesus Christ. So in Daniel chapter seven, you have Jesus, Daniel chapter seven and eight, you have Jesus as our high priest. Watch this, Daniel one, two, three, the beginning of his ministry. Daniel four, five, six, his death, burial and resurrection. Daniel seven and eight, Christ as our high priest uh, in the heavenly sanctuary. Daniel chapter nine, Christ as our intercessor. Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12, which is all one unit, reveals Michael standing up at the end of time to deliver his people. In other words, beloved, the entire book of Daniel points us to the ministry of Jesus Christ. How are you guys doing so far? Are you following? Are you catching this? I hope you're seeing this, guys. All right. So that's lesson number one. How have you guys done with lesson number one? Are you good? I hope you're good. Because we're about to move to lesson number two. And lesson number two is this. Listen carefully. Daniel foretells the future of God's end time people. The book of Daniel foretells the future of God's end time people. Pastor, what are you talking about? Let me explain. Let me explain. In Daniel chapter one, you have a group of people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are being asked to drink wine. 
Yes? And be announced to drink wine. What kingdom is this? It's a kingdom of Babylon. Very good. You got it. Now let me ask you a question. If it's a kingdom of Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar is asking them to drink the wine and to eat the meat of his kingdom, then what he's asking them to do is he's asking them to drink the wine of Babylon. But they refuse. Amen? Yes, they refuse. So in Daniel chapter 1, what you have here is this. Listen carefully. At the end of time, there will be a group of people who avoid the wine of Babylon. What do they do, everyone? They avoid the wine of Babylon. What happens in Daniel chapter 2? Because this group of people avoided the wine of Babylon, they were blessed with inside information that no one else had. Catch this, guys. They were blessed with inside information that no one else had. So in other words, they were given an understanding of prophecy. Why? Because they avoided the wine of Babylon. Daniel chapter 1, at the end of time, there will be a group of people who avoid the wine of Babylon. As a result, they will be 10 times wiser. Listen carefully. They'll be 10 times wiser and they will be given inside information they will be able to understand the prophecies and they will preach a message what is the message that they preached to nebuchadnezzar they basically told him babylon was going to fall yes 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 so check it out daniel 1 at the end of time those who avoid the wine of babylon daniel 2 will preach a message that babylon has fallen now watch this as a result of this as a result of this message going forth with power, Babylon will seek to set up an image. <laughs> Are y'all catching this? That's Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar sets up an image. Are you following? Let's keep moving. In Daniel chapter 4, remember, in Daniel chapter 4, the tree reached unto heaven, symbolizing Nebuchadnezzar's sins had exalted themselves. His sins had reached unto heaven. So watch this. Daniel 1, at the end of time, there'll be a group of people who avoid the wine of Babylon. As a result, Daniel 2, they will preach a message that Babylon has fallen. When this message is preached, the result of that is Daniel 3, an image will be set up. But when Babylon sets up an image, Daniel 4, their sins will have reached unto heaven. As a result of their sins reaching unto heaven, Daniel 5, Babylon will fall. You know that's what happens in Daniel 5, right? Daniel 5, Babylon falls. Are you catching this? This is just an overview of prophecy, guys. So Daniel 1, there will be an end time people who avoid the wine of Babylon. As a result, they will preach a message that Babylon has fallen. As a result of that, Babylon will set up an image trying to shut them up. As a result of this, their sins will have reached unto heaven, Daniel 4. When their sins reach unto heaven, Daniel 5, Babylon will be fallen. And beloved, listen carefully. When this happens, Daniel 6 tells us that a death decree went forth because they could not find anything wrong with Daniel, so they had to find it regarding the law. I hope you are catching this right now. So they pass a law that is designed to go against the law of God. 
And this law seeks to put Daniel to death. But praise God, God intervenes and Daniel escapes their death sentence. You get the idea. Yeah. So watch this, guys. As a result of all this, listen carefully. Daniel 7, the little horn will have his dominion taken away. Daniel 8, the sanctuary will be cleansed. Daniel 9, Christ will intercede and deliver his people. Daniel 10, 11, and 12, as a result of all of this, Michael. You catching this? Michael will stand up and deliver his people. Guys, we just juiced the entire book of Daniel without touching Daniel 7, without touching Daniel 8, without doing what we typically do in our evangelistic series. We just juiced down the entire book of Daniel. So lesson number two, lesson number two, number one, prophecy points us to Jesus. Prophecy is sweet, sweet in the mouth. It points us to Jesus. Lesson number two, prophecy foretells the future of God's end time people. Now lesson number three, this is a warning. Lesson number three is this. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 11 says this. Now all these things which happened unto them were in samples for they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So now we're going to leave the book of Daniel and we're going to go to the book of Revelation. Are you following me? We're now in the book of Revelation, and I want to tell you something very, very important, guys. You need to catch this. Sit up. I hope you're sitting up. So in the book of Revelation, there's this prophecy about something called the seven churches. If you know about that, the seven churches, just, yes, we got it, Pastor. We know about that. Now, you may not understand what the seven churches are about, so we're going to juice that down as well, right? This is just big picture, guys, okay? So let's talk about these seven churches. We're going to run through this very quickly. So those seven churches were, let's see, I'm looking at the screen right here. I want to see if you can tell me what these seven churches were. So the first church was Ephesus. Yeah. And the second church, Smyrna. And the third church, Pergamos. And the fourth church, Thyatira. And the fifth church, Sardis. The sixth church, Philadelphia. The seventh church, Laodicea. Now, these seven churches all represent different time periods of the church's history from the time of Christ all the way down to the end of time. We are in the Laodicean period, right? This is the period that, that this is the seventh and final church. Jesus comes in this church period. So what do these seven churches represent? Number one, the Ephesus church basically started out pure and holy, but the Bible says that they lost their first love. So they started out pure, but ended up losing their first love. Remember this, guys. Follow me carefully. There's a lesson here for us. The second church, Smyrna, was the persecuted church. So that would have been around 100 AD to roughly around 300 AD, okay? The church under persecution, Roman persecution. The third church, Pergamos, that's the church that represents compromise. So the, the, the early church basically rejected their high priest, Jesus, and decided to opt for the protection of a man named Constantine. So they put their trust in the empire, in Rome, instead of putting their trust in Jesus, because they had been persecuted. Hey, we're tired of persecution. So this is where compromise begins to come in. Now, as a result of this compromise, this moves us into the fourth church, which is Thyatira, 
And that church basically represents Babylon, mystery Babylon, that woman named Jezebel. All right, so this is the dark ages. Now, follow carefully. The fifth church is the church of Sardis. This church represents the Protestant Reformation. Sardis means those escaping. Escaping from what? Escaping from the, from the, from the darkness of the papal system. So the Sardis church began the Reformation, but it was the Philadelphia church, 1844 somebody. It was the Philadelphia church that completed the Reformation. This is the church of brotherly love, brotherly love. Why? Because people from all different denominations came together to form one movement. Amen. If you're with me so far, just give me an amen. All right. The seventh church, Laodicea, that's where we are right now. Okay, pastor, why did we just go through that whole thing? Because I need you to follow this carefully, guys. Think about Ephesus. If the things that were written in the Old Testament were written for our times, how does that tie in with these seven churches? Let me ask you a question. Can you think of anything in the Old Testament that would remind you of something starting pure, but then losing their first love? What do you think? Come on, guys. How about Adam and Eve? How about in the book of Genesis, where mankind was created pure, holy, they started out on fire for God, but ended up losing their first love? Are you catching this? All right, so that's a book of Genesis. Okay, Pastor, I'm not following. What, do you, what, why, what, what next? What next? Listen carefully, beloved. What happens in the book of Exodus? Do you have a persecuted church? Come on, guys. Do you have a persecuted church in the book of Exodus? Oh, yes, Pastor, you're right. That would parallel the church of Smyrna. Watch this, guys. Ephesus. Adam and Eve, they start off right, but lose their first love. Smyrna, the book of Exodus, the persecuted people of God. Now watch this. After the people of God escape their persecution and they get into the promised land, you know what happens? Watch this, guys. In the book of 1 and 2 Samuel, what ends up happening is the people of Israel reject Samuel for a king. Y'all not feeling me, man. <laughs> they reject their priest for a king. And it is this that leads to the compromise that begins to happen in Israel. Are you watching this? So now this compromise, they begin to compromise so much that they end up in captivity to a power named Babylon. Man, I, I pray that I'm not going too deep. I hope, I hope and pray that you guys are seeing the symmetry of what's going on here. Ephesus, Adam and Eve lose their first love. Smyrna, the persecuted church, Exodus. Uh, Pergamos, the church comes out of persecution, but they compromise by rejecting their priest and asking for a king. Thyatira, which is a symbol of, ba of, of Babylon, parallels the children of Israel becoming so apostate that they end up in captivity to a power named Babylon. Now watch this. Does a reformation happen? 
Yes, yes, yes. A man by the name of Ezra is going to lead a reformation, lead a people out of Babylon. Beloved, this parallels, listen carefully, this parallels the Protestant Reformation. Listen carefully what I'm saying, because remember this, Ezra began the Reformation, but he did not complete it. The Reformation was completed by Nehemiah, whose main purpose was to be a repairer of the breach. Praise God for the Protestant Reformation. They began a movement that was powerful. So praise God for Martin Luther and John Wesley and all these guys who, who, who helped to lead God's people out of Babylon. But beloved, God has an end time people who have been called to be repairers of the breach. I sure hope you are seeing this. I sure hope you are catching this. So watch this. When Nehemiah completes the work, the only thing left now for ancient Israel is they're waiting for the coming of Jesus. <laughs> they are what, everyone? Oh, man. Oh, they are waiting for the coming of Jesus. And what happens when Jesus comes, they are unprepared. Why? Because the condition of Israel, when Jesus comes the first time, is that they are rich and increased with goods. They believe that they are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Be careful, church. Because the same condition in which ancient Israel was found, Laodicea, when Jesus comes, is the same condition God is saying our people are in now. And the main reason, watch this, the reason why the children of Israel were unprepared for the first coming of Christ is because they did not understand prophecy. I hope you are following this. They did not understand prophecy. Now, I know what you're saying. Hey, pastor, we're the people of the book. But listen, how can we be the people of the book if we are not understanding, if we are not sharing, if we are not, if the, if the prophecies of the word of God are not sweet to us? Are you catching this? Are you catching what I'm saying? All right, come on. So we've got three lessons so far. Number one, number one, Jesus is a center of prophecy. Number two, prophecy points us to what will happen to God's end time people. And lesson number three is a warning. Let us not be caught in the same position as ancient Israel at the first coming of Jesus when Jesus comes again. In other words, there's going to be a second coming. Let us not be in the same position as ancient Israel. Let us be ready and waiting and prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That brings me, guys, to my next point. That brings me to my next point. If you're with me so far, just, just amen, pastor. We're following you. We're watching. 
We got this. We're following. All right. So come on, let's keep moving. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 18. And I want you to notice with me, notice with me Genesis chapter 18. And, and here's what I'm going to do. You remember the story where Abraham is visited by God. All right, you guys remember that story? So Abraham is visited by God. And the Bible tells us that, that it was uh, two angels uh, or three messengers. These messengers, one of them was God. And they come to God and they're talking to Abraham. And the Bible tells us that uh, 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 God asked Abraham, where's your wife? Abraham says she's in the tent. He says, listen, she's going to have a child. And the Bible says that Sarah laughed. What does Sarah do, everyone? Sarah laughed. Why did she laugh? It's important to understand, very carefully, it's important to understand this. The reason Sarah laughed is because she didn't believe the promise of God. So how many of us laugh at the promises of God? When God says, I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to make something happen. And instead of us believing the word of God, we laugh at the word of God. Watch this, guys. I'm going somewhere with this. So Sarah laughs at God. God says, why'd you laugh? She says, I didn't laugh. God says, yes, you did. I need you to understand the context. See, it had been almost 25 years since God first appeared to Abraham and said, you're going to have a child. Now, I want you to watch this, guys. I need you to follow this carefully. We're going to come, we're going to go back in the Bible, right? We're in Genesis 18, but we're just going to go, go backward. We're going to go back to the very beginning of the book of Genesis because I want to show you the context of Genesis chapter 18. And then, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap this thing up. So Genesis, I'm not, follow me, right? Just, just follow me. Don't listen to we're going to wrap this thing up. Just follow me. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you have the creation of earth. And then in Genesis chapter 3, you have the fall of man, okay? So, so man falls and the plan of salvation kicks in. Now, when we get to Genesis chapter 6, listen carefully, guys. When we get to Genesis chapter 6, the Bible tells us that, that God gives a time prophecy. God gives a time prophecy. Now, what is this time prophecy? He said, man shall, my, my spirit shall not always strive with man, but his days shall be 120 years. So in essence, what you have in Genesis chapter 6 is the first time prophecy of the Bible. This time prophecy, 120 years, in which Noah would preach, was basically to warn mankind, listen, something is coming at the end of this 120 years, and if you do not accept it, you will be cut off. I need you to follow this. Because at the end of that 120 years, we know that Noah had built an ark. That ark was made out of wood. And when the floods came, the water lifted the ark up above the earth. So watch this. At the end of 120 years, it culminates with a man 
being lifted up above the earth on wood. <laughs> I'm just going to pause for a second. Because I want you to understand something, church. That prophecy, which basically says, listen, if you don't accept this, you will be cut off and I will bring a new people. I will raise up a new people and this new people will be responsible for replenishing the earth. I want you to understand this. There is a prophecy in the book of Daniel called the 70 week prophecy, which points to the coming of Jesus and says, listen, at the end of this time period, if you reject this man who is lifted up above the earth on wood, you will be cut off and I will bring a new people into existence. I will bring a new people whose job it will be to replace. You catch this. That Genesis chapter six, that prophecy that pointed to the flood, that pointed to Noah being up on this ark, that prophecy parallels, listen carefully guys, it parallels the 70 week prophecy. So if you ever struggle with what is a 70 week prophecy, now you know that's the prophecy that pointed forward to Christ coming, Christ being lifted up above the earth and, and, and those who accept him would be saved, those who were drawn unto him. And now if I be lifted up, I will do what? Draw all men unto me. All right, we catch that. All right, pastor, that's Genesis chapter six. It parallels the 70 week prophecy of people were cut off and a new people, spiritual Israel comes upon the scene and their job is to take the gospel into all the world. Okay, pastor, what next? When we get to Genesis chapter 11, we now have this building of the Tower of Babel from which we get our word Babylon. And I want you to catch this, guys, because after the 70-week prophecy of Daniel, there was another prophecy pointing to the rise of the power called Babylon, Mystery Babylon. That power was to rule 1,260 years. So I want you to watch the parallel. The Tower of Babel, in which they're seeking to rebel against God, parallels end-time Babylon, 1,260 years. All right, come on, let's keep going. Watch this, guys. After the Tower of Babel, you have Abraham. Now, follow me, guys. Follow me with this. What happens with Abraham? The Bible says God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. Anyone know what that means? Where is Ur of the Chaldees? Yeah, someone's saying it right now. Ur of the Chaldees is Babylon. God calls Abraham out of Babylon to start a new movement. Let me ask you a question. If, the, if, if Noah's flood parallels that 120 years, parallels the 70 weeks, and if the Tower of Babel parallels the 1260 years, then what does Abraham being called out of Ur called out of Babylon represent guys. Does God have an end time movement that he is calling out of Babylon? Yes, he does. And now we're about to get into something deep, beloved, because you got to understand this. When God calls Abraham 
out of Babylon, he does several things. Number one, he says, you are going to be the father of a great movement. You are going to be the father of a great multitude, which no man could number. <laughs> 1844, anybody? If, if, the, if Noah's Ark parallels the 70 weeks and the Tower of Babel parallels Babylon, which is 1260, then the calling of a people out of Babylon parallels the 2300-day prophecy, which is God calling an end-time movement out of Babylon. Now watch this. God says to his end-time movement, I'm going to make you a great nation. You're gonna, you are going to produce a great multitude which no man can number. Yes, sir. Not only does God call Abraham and says you're going to be the father of a great multitude, he gives Abraham the covenant. You're going to be my special people. You're going to produce, now watch this, Abraham's name father of many. But where's the many? He doesn't have any children yet. Remember this. What is Abraham waiting for? He's waiting for the coming of the promised son. All right, man. <laughs> Listen carefully, guys. Abraham is waiting for the promise of the coming son. The promised one. And so what happens is, you know, when God tells him, hey, the son is coming, he's like, yes, the son is coming. You know, 1844, Jesus is coming again. Yes. But some time passes. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus is coming again. I get it. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Time passes. Beloved, 1844 is a long time ago. And let me tell you something. When we say these words today, Jesus is coming again. Many of us are laughing in our hearts. Come on, man. They said that in my mom's time and in her mom's time and in my grandparents' time and their grandparents. Like, you know, I don't know if I believe that anymore. Beloved, let me tell you, the sun is coming. It's going to happen. Don't laugh like Sarah did. Don't laugh like Abraham did. They both laughed. The sun is coming. God said, is there anything too hard for me to do? The promised one will come. So watch this now. Watch this. I love this because this, this is what leads us to Genesis 18. So Genesis one, two, creation. Genesis three, the fall of man. Genesis six, the first time prophecy. Genesis seven, the Tower of Babel. Genesis nine, or Genesis, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis uh, 11, the Tower of Babel. Genesis 11, towards the end of that, God calls Abraham out of Ur. Now they're on this journey to Canaan, and in the process of this journey, they are waiting for the coming son. That's what brings us to Genesis chapter 18. Now watch this. After God says to, Je to, to Abraham, listen, it's going to happen. Then he says, now, in the meantime, I got to tell Abraham something. I have come down to investigate. Y'all not feeling me. <laughs> I'm just going to wait. 
I have come down to investigate some stuff going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, some stuff going on in the world. So I'm coming down to do an investigative judgment. Hey, by the way, hold on. How many messengers came to Abraham? How many messengers were there, guys? Three angels. Three angels. I hope you are catching this, guys. Three angels come to Abraham. And watch this now. Two of them go ahead to Abraham. And the third angel stays back to talk to Abraham. Listen, man. Oh, man. You guys, this is all in the Bible. This is prophecy. This is Adventism in the scriptures. We have not believed cunningly devised fables, guys. This is, this is our story. Who would have thought? So God says, I'm coming down to investigate Sodom and Gomorrah. And what does Abraham do? Does Abraham say, yes, destroy the city? No, he begins to intercede on behalf of the wicked. What should God's people be doing in this time that we know a judgment is going on? We should be interceding on behalf of the wicked. What Abraham did, wait, Lord, if there's 50, will you spare it? If there's 40, will you spare it? If there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, will you spare it? That's what God's people ought to be doing right now. In this time of judgment. You see, beloved, the Bible says God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And I want you to understand this, guys. Listen carefully. Jesus follows his own advice. Listen, guys, Jesus said, if, if you have ought with someone, ministry of reconciliation, by the way, how are we going to reconcile God? How are we going to reconcile the world to God if we can't even reconcile among ourselves? If God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, if that's what we're supposed to be doing, what Abraham did before Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, if that's what we're supposed to be doing, how can we reconcile God to the world, if we can't even reconcile amongst ourselves. How does that work? See, guys, listen carefully. Jesus laid out the principle of reconciliation. He said, if you have ought with someone, go to the person yourself. And if the person doesn't hear you, go with a witness or two witnesses. And if he doesn't hear them, then take it to the church. Does Jesus follow his own advice? The answer is yes. Pastor, what are you saying? Listen, Jesus had an issue with mankind. And so what did he do? He came to this earth himself. He came himself. Mankind, I got an issue with you. What did mankind do? They crucified him. They rejected him. Listen, guys, that's the 70-week prophecy. Jesus came to this earth himself. They reject him. 
So what does he do? He goes back to heaven, but he sends two witnesses. That's the Old and the New Testament, guys. That's the 1,260 years. He sends two witnesses. Now watch this. What did they do with the two witnesses? What did they do during this 1,260 years where the Old and New Testament were trying to bring reconciliation? The Bible tells us that they reject the two witnesses and they put them to death. So if, you, if Christ was rejected, if the two witnesses are rejected, God says, I'm going to use my end time church as the last avenue of reconciliation. You are it. I'm going to go myself 70 weeks. They didn't listen to me. I'm going to send two witnesses, 1260. They didn't listen to them. I am going to raise up an end time church. 2300 days, 1844, God's remnant. And listen, if they don't listen to the remnant, then that's it. Beloved, this is very simple. This means that we have a message, a, a crucial message to take to the world. And if we don't understand prophecy, if we're not eating the word of God, How are we going to share with others what we do not ourselves possess? All right, guys. Last lesson. Last lesson. We're going to go to the story of Joseph. And you'll remember this. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter uh, 37 that Joseph uh, was his... Uh, father's favorite. He had, you know, his 11 brothers. But, but remember this. In this story, it's the 10 brothers and Joseph. And, and Benjamin is a younger brother. Joseph did not have the same mother as the other brothers. They all had the same father, but they had different mothers. So Joseph had brothers from another mother. So if you follow that thought right now, just, just give me a, a yes, pastor, we got you, we're following. Joseph had brothers from another mother, but they all had the same father. All right, all right, all right. So let's keep moving. Watch this now. Why did the brothers from the other mother hate Joseph? They hated him for two reasons. Reason number one, listen carefully. Reason number one is that Joseph kept his father's commandments. Did you catch that? Joseph kept his father's commandments and they hated him for that. I hope you're catching some heartburn right now, guys. Let's keep moving. The second reason they hated Joseph was because of Joseph's gift of prophecy. Or let me say it this way. Joseph had the spirit of prophecy. So they hated Joseph because he had the spirit of prophecy. His brothers from another mother. 
So as a result of all this, they try to separate Joseph from his father. You're not one of us. You're the new kid on the block. Get out of here. We don't like you. You're not one of us. And so you know the story. They sell Joseph into slavery, and now they're thinking his prophecies will never come to pass. But let me tell you something. While Joseph was in captivity, you know what kept him? The sweetness of God's word. While Joseph was experiencing something bitter, it was the sweetness of God's word that kept him in his time of trouble. It was the sweetness of prophecy that kept Joseph in his time of trouble. So you know what's happening, right? They sell him into captivity and now out of mind, out of sight. But what they don't, what the brothers from another mother don't understand is that God, a famine was about to hit. A famine was coming. So God was using Joseph. Listen carefully. God, while Joseph is separated from his brothers, what is he doing? He's living a holy life. He's overcoming strange women. He's overcoming strange women. He's living a life dedicated to God. Even though he's in, in, in troublesome circumstances, he's living a life dedicated to God. And then you know the story. The Pharaoh has a dream. And in the dream, he sees that famine is coming. And so Joseph tells him, hey, the way we prepare for this famine is by gathering bread. Y'all not feeling me. Gathering bread. Why? Is God about to use Joseph to gather bread? Why? Listen carefully, beloved, because a famine was going to come. And God was about to send the brothers from another mother to Joseph. So Joseph, in order to prepare for the coming famine, had to be gathering bread. I wish I had my Bible in front of me. He had to be gathering bread. Beloved, I need you to understand this. The Adventist church is a pretty new church. We have brothers from another mother. They hate us. Why? For two reasons. Because we keep the commandments of God and because we have the testimony of Jesus, which is a spirit of prophecy. So they try to say, get, get out of here. You're not one of us. And, and let us see what become of your dreams. You're not one of us. By the way, when, jo when the father sent Joseph to check on his brothers, they were supposed to be feeding the flock, but they weren't. They were not being responsible, if you will, to their calling. They were, you know, they were messing around doing other things or whatever. Listen carefully. God sends us to go check on our brothers from another mother. And when we come upon the scene, what do we find? They're not feeding the flock. So God, listen carefully. The, the brothers from another mother say, get out of here. We, you're not one of us. Watch this, guys. A famine's coming. Bible prophecy tells us a famine is coming. And if that is true, I need you to listen carefully. God has called us as the Joseph of the end time, which means that we must be gathering bread. 
We must be gathering the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. For two reasons, beloved. Number one, the sweetness of the word of God will keep us in our time of trouble. Listen. If we are not gathering bread right now, when people come to us with questions, hey, why do you guys keep the Sabbath? Hey, what, do you, what, what is this beast of viral prophecy? What is this thing about the mark of the beast? Beloved, if we don't have answers for them, shame on us. Because we should have been gathering bread. I'm going to close with this thought. How is honey produced? Honey is produced... When bees collect nectar from flowers. And what happens is, as they collect this, nectar is about 80% water. So it's very diluted. So what happens is, in order for the bee to, 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 to uh, uh, get the water out of the nectar, what they will do, listen carefully, what they will do is they will eat the nectar and then they will regurgitate it. And when they regurgitate it, water evaporates of that nectar and it gets a little bit thicker. It gets a little bit sweeter and they'll, they just regurgitate between one another. And so as this process of eating, regurgitating, eating, regurgitating happens, the word gets, I'm sorry. The nectar gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Beloved, listen to me. The reason that the bees do this is because they know that when winter comes, there's no flowers. So they are gathering for the winter time. They are gathering so that they have honey, which will enable them to survive the winter crisis. Beloved, we are, far too many of us are content with nectar. So we open the word of God and it's just nectar. Hey, I like nectar. You like nectar. And we get a little nectar. We go on our way. Beloved, listen to me. We got to learn how to eat the word of God, eat the word of God and regurgitate it. Share it with someone and then take it again. Take it back in. Study that text over and over and over and over. Eat it. Regurgitate. Eat it. Regurgitate. Eat it. Share it with others. Eat. Share. Yes. Eat. Hmm. 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 And as you're doing that, what happens is the word becomes sweeter and sweeter so that, beloved, when time of famine hits, we are. We got the honey. When our brothers from another mother come to us, we've got the word. And the reason that the, uh, the brothers from the other mother were able to survive is because Joseph, God set Joseph up for such a time as this to feed those who were looking for real food. I'll close with this thought, guys. It's time for us to go beyond the nectar. It's time for us to go beyond the nectar. It's time for us to get into the depth of the word. It's time for us to experience the sweetness of the word of God. Because it is the sweetness of the word of God that will enable us to withstand the bitter experiences that lay ahead.
So I want to make an appeal, and it is this, very simple. Lord, take me deeper into the word. Take me deeper into the word. I've seen tonight that prophecy is sweet because it's about you. I've seen tonight that prophecy is sweet because it tells what will happen to God's end time people. I've seen tonight that prophecy is sweet because it warns us, do not make the same mistakes that ancient Israel make, made. And I've seen that prophecy is sweet because it is designed to reestablish our faith that Jesus is coming again. And when all that is said and done, when I get that, all right, Lord, so help me to gather bread in the time of famine. Help me to gather bread so that when the world comes looking for the truth, we'll have the answers. So that's your desire tonight. Lord, take me deeper into the word. Take me deeper into your word. Grant me honey that the word may be sweet in my mouth. If that's your desire, I see by faith your hands raised or your signs going up. I want to lead us in prayer. Lord, take us deeper. Help us to gather the bread. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're asking tonight, Lord, that you would take us deeper into your word. We're asking tonight, Lord, that you would forgive us for wasting time in not gathering bread for the coming crisis. Lord, please help us to understand prophecy in its detail. Help us to understand the intricate relationship between prophecy and the stories of the Bible. Help us to see Jesus as the center of all prophecy. Lord, please fill us, strengthen us, remind us as of our mission as Seventh-day Adventists to gather bread for the coming famine. And Lord, when our brothers from another mother come to us, may we be ready to take them in. May we be ready to forgive them even though they have tried to separate us from the Father. May we be prepared to help lead them into the place you have prepared for all of us. This we pray in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Wow. What a word, what a word. And um, I, I want you all to know, I, I took my notes. I took my notes right here. I see, I, Doc, I see you with the pen and paper. <laughs> see, see, Sensei, I see you. I, I took my notes right here, man. And um, these are one of those messages that I would encourage everyone to go back and re-watch. There's no way that you would have been able to absorb everything. But we thank Pastor Ivor for being faithful to the call and the task tonight because the appeal was very simple. And I believe that's really ultimately what this word ought to have inspired us to do. Take me deeper into the word. So Pastor Ivor, thank you very much. Before we move on, the QR has, uh, I guess, dare I say, a tradition, if you would, of the preachers after they have poured out to us the virtual audience, we asked one of our co-hosts here to pray over our guest preacher. And so, Pastor Ivor, um, you are so connected to both these men for various different ways. I'm going to ask Dr. Doggett, if you would, as we had Pastor Bushner pray earlier, Dr. Doggett, if you would pray over Pastor Ivor and his ministry, and also for us here tonight, that we will take the appeal to heart and go deeper in the Word of God. Dr. Doggett. Ivor, I first want to say to you, um, 
God yeah. used you in a powerful way. Yes, sir. And I can just speak over your life right now. I don't want you to be bluffed away from the pure word of God. Hmm. There are a lot of people who are trying to fix it up and dress it up so that people will just like hearing it. But the idea of fixing up God's word doesn't sit well mm-hmm. with us or with God. What you did tonight is you delivered the uncut word of God. Old is new because what we've been hearing for a while now has lacked some of the substance that we heard tonight. You juiced the word of God and we have a full picture of Jesus. And because of what you did tonight, I promise you there are preachers, not just people, who understand that the real word of God can preach, that prophecy ought not be left to people who can't preach. But in fact, those who have been given the gift of proclaiming the word of God need to pick up the mantle that God has placed on us for these days and times and need to go ahead and preach it with power like you did tonight. Mm -hmm. I know you believe what you preach tonight, and I know that it's rooted in the word of God, I'll simply say my name is Dr. James R. Doggett, and I approve of that message. Let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would pour your spirit out on Ivor Myers in a continuous shower. May he be able to step behind the microphone and deliver the word of God with power because he has a heart that is turned fully to you and eyes that are single to your glory. I thank you for what's been stirred up in us tonight. And I do pray that the seeds that he sowed will be watered by the Holy Spirit and that we will be turned once again to your word to study it so that we will have bread to share with others during this time of famine. Ultimately, we want to be saved and we want to be found faithful. So we ask you to please energize us with your spirit, control us with your word, and when all is said and done, may we be found faithful in Jesus' name, we ask it. Now pour strength back into Ivor so that he can be the father and the husband you've called him to be and the preacher that you have created him to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you once again, Pastor Ivor. We appreciate so much what you poured out to us on tonight. And um, we pray that uh, my prayer is that the prayer that Pastor Doggett just prayed over you um, will encourage you and lift you. And whatever the situation was that you got on at the beginning, before you got on, that you spoke to at the beginning, that may have distracted your mind, man, that that God will, will take care of that for you. Yeah, I, I I will tell you. Um, my uh, my mom has a um, she takes care of people in her home. Mm-hmm. So she's got you know three clients, and uh, just before I came, I got on one of her clients came down with COVID. Oh, and she is in close contact. So, um, honestly, I gotta tell you tonight, I, I don't even know what <laughs> my my mind is. Just I don't know if I connected with people. I don't know if it even made sense. Uh, I was kind of just out of body um speaking so um you know i I would appreciate prayers for uh just my household back in virginia my mom brothers who you know all kind of are in that area um you know you don't expect it to come that close so she just was told tonight 
uh, before I got on that her, you know, patient had COVID. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Doc Bushner, man. I, I, I mean, we can never have too much prayer. Um, so could you pray very specifically for Pastor Meyer's mom and that situation in her household, please? And I see all the hands, all of y'all that are online right now. You're praying as well, praying for his mom. And so I'm sure y'all don't mind us taking this extra time to pray for Pastor Ivor and his, his family back there in Virginia, specifically his mom and, and the other folks that are in the household, please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be honored. Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are still the great physician. We realize there is a bomb in Gilead. Lord, if a woman with the issue of blood could touch you and you can heal her, and you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you change not, and because of your mercy, we're not consumed, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would go by that home, that place, Lord, this virus called COVID-19, coronavirus. We ask, Lord, that you would stop it, stay it, intervene, be with his mother, Lord. May her situation be negative in spite of the young lady that has been diagnosed, the woman that was diagnosed. We ask for a blessing, oh God, to be upon the household. We pray that you will give Pastor Myers peace in his family, that they would rest assured knowing that you will intervene and you will be God and glorified. Bless that household. Be with his mom in a mighty way, we ask. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do, and we will hear a praise report how you have come through one more time. We thank you, we honor you, we bless you in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before, yes. before you speak, I just want to tell you, uh, Ivor, that the Bible does say that when we're weak, he's strong. And tonight you delivered a very strong and clear message. And I think I speak for the ministers amen. who are on this broadcast and those who listen. And the numbers were mounting, 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 Stop. and they weren't signing off, which suggests to me that, in fact, you did, in fact, connect. God used you as a mouthpiece tonight. Give Amen. him glory. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Praise Thank God. You. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pastor Ivor. Again, uh, again, let's everyone continue to keep him in prayer. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, for being here with us tonight. Listen, everybody else, before we get up out of here. Before we get up out of here, I want to thank Pastor Bushner for being here with us as well. Thank you so very much, man. You you helped so very. Y'all see my daughter in the background? You see my daughter in the background? She's trying. She's trying to get in. She's so trying to get in, man. <laughs> um, we want to thank you so very much, Doc Bushner, for being here with us tonight, and just appreciate you uh, co-hosting with me. Of course, the sensei. We appreciate you as always, man. We appreciate you as always for doing what you do, moderating through this thing. But we are transitioning um, to tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is our first mystery night. It is our first mystery night. We have a guest psalmist and a guest preacher that are going to be here. Now, if you all think that you know who these individuals are, what you can do is you can send us your guests. That's right. You can email us. If I can get my tech to put our email address up there, email at us at thecubrevival at gmail.com. And there will be a financial gift for someone who gets both of them right. Both of them right. Not one. You got to get both of them right. So... I need you all to send the emails in. Now, Dr. Doggett, I know that you said that you know some things. I do know some things. And if you just want to know, call me as long as you 
promise we will split the proceeds 50 50. i will tell it people have been making guesses too they've been making good guesses i must say but i guarantee you nobody yet has gotten both the singer and wow. the preacher so um dr busher i think knows too so if you all just contact one of us I wow. think we might be able to give you some inside information, and then you can give <laughs> and then Amen. You can, you can give King um, Priest Mezedek, King Mezedek, Mekazedek, that tithe. They give it to us. <laughs> uh, listen, everybody, thank you for tuning in with us tonight. We appreciate, again, Pastor Ivor Myers. We appreciate this whole first week. It has been an amazing first week. I want you all to know, I'm going to let you know this already up top so that you can get it. Uh, Pastor JD will not be with us tomorrow either. I will be here. The sensei will be here. And we will have another special co-host that will be here with us on tomorrow to go along with our guest psalmist and our mystery preacher. It's going to be a fantastic day tomorrow. So bless you. Y'all enjoy the Sabbath wherever you are, whatever you're able to do. Tune in or even if you have an ability to go somewhere, whatever it is, do it. Enjoy it. Thank you for being with us tonight. God bless you. Have a great night and sleep well. This is your boy, Pastor D, signing off from the QR2 Revival on tonight. <laughs>